When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed, because after all, it's only one day of your life. What up, Betches? Welcome back to another episode of our weekly podcast, Betches Brides. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, and this is part two of our bridal boot camp. So we have Nicole here. She's our um, our bridal guinea pig, and uh, she's sharing all the intimate details of her relationship with her and her fiancé, Mike. So I wonder how Mike feels about all of this. Um, and Emily, our resident therapist. You hey. are. Um, hey, girl. It's me. So <laughs> Emily. last week, we got through a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff and now we're picking up on money talk which I'm super excited about because I feel yeah. like as I shared last episode this is something that I that like is a family trigger from my dad that I made decisions to never have to deal with and now I am right back in that spot again so money's a big deal yes. in our relationship and my girlfriend Taylor does not like talking about money at all but I've made her a lot more comfortable I'm very comfortable talking about money I just am scared of not having any but I'm very comfortable talking about it mm-hmm. so I think that's where we're picking up right so yeah, so I want you all to think about that like money and sex are the two things that when we don't have them, it's all we can think about. Okay. That's when so they're not true. existing within our marriage, it brings up so much. When we have it, we don't really think about it right. that much. Right. But when we feel scarcity from it, it's hard to not over-focus and obsess over it. Okay. You're right. A lot of this comes from what did I learn about money in my family? Mm-hmm. What messages have I gotten about money? If I came from a very well-off money, a well-off family, money isn't like this huge thing the way it is if I like grew up with scarcity. And even till you talked about, you know, you your dad had means, but because he grew up with it, that intergenerational trauma. Yep. Mm-hmm. When I have intergenerational trauma, this is a real thing. What has been continuously passed down? So what I want you to think about is, to do your family. So tell me a little bit about how family works with you and uh, family. <laughs> how money works with you and Mike. Okay, with Mike and I. With, yeah, so with money with us. I thought do you share any finances family. yet? Because you're not fully married. No. You're not married so yet. So thank God we don't. We, thank God, God, we thank don't. God we don't. That tells you everything we, we need to know. know a lot already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just feel like that would complicate. We are pretty, like, we split everything down the middle okay. for the most part. Like, we, you know, mm-hmm. split rent. We live together, obviously. Rent, bills, all that stuff. Question, um, do you make the same amount? No. Do you know how much each other makes? Yes. Okay. Do you know how much debt you guys have? He has more than me from so you, student you guys, loans. So you guys know that amount together, though? No, actually. I don't really know okay. how much. I just know he, like, complains about having to pay him each month. And okay, but you don't actually know about those numbers. Like, do you guys know? I think I know, like, a range of what he has. Okay. But, yeah. Oh, sorry. 
So, all right. So that's something to think about. Do What do I really know about my partner's finances? Now, I want you all to remember, not every couple chooses to share finances. Really? Yes. Really? Some couples keep it 100% separate. And that's, that's okay? It's okay. You can do whatever the hell you want, girls. America. That's true. <laughs> well, at least for right now, it is. Yes. Very true. <laughs> By the time this airs, maybe not. Besides, uh, <laughs> besides it being in a marginalized group, but besides that, besides that, you can do it. So yeah, absolutely. You don't have to share finances um, with your spouse, but if you decide to, how can you not though? I mean, my thing is because I, some people can't handle the loss of control. Okay, of it. That's for a lot of us. When I be, yeah. if I can't share, it's because I'm so overwhelmed by thinking about maybe there being inequity of it or it being mm-hmm. uneven or unfair so some people keep it separate when you say don't know it, 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 it does that mean keeping it separate but like know each other's finances or do you mean there's people that don't even know like how much someone has in savings or how much somebody yeah, there's, has, some, like, there's some how much couples, debt someone has. i have worked with couples <clears throat> that split just like married couples just like what nicole and mike are doing uh-huh. they keep 100 percent 50 50 down the line everything separate Wow. So we'll we do that, but we will complain like he we know each other's debt. Like I'll we'll complain about how much credit card debt we're in or whatever. So we definitely know that. But then I don't know, we do keep it separate though. Like we But have you talked about what it's gonna look like when you get legally married? No, actually. So do you know if you're do we combine? have a do we have to have a combined bank account? You don't have to do anything. You don't there see Be- because then what if I want to like shop and he sees? Trust girl, I think about this every day. <laughs> like when I want to go buy that Gucci bag and yeah. I know I'm going to catch shit at home. Yeah. But I'm like, we don't share a bank account yet. So what a lot of... Oh. Yes. So what a lot of couples choose to do is sometimes have a joint account that they pay things out of that they both contribute a similar amount and they also have separate accounts. There I love is that. no right a wrong way to do this and there's going to be a professional I think on the show to talk oh, about you're this. You're so good. Are you going to talk about that? Because yes. like, like, keep in mind I mean I talk about sex and love and rock and roll like not money. <laughs> so but you're going to have an official person. We are going to have a financial episode to address oh, all this stuff specifically. Okay yeah. so, so, so you're everyone gonna be doing has it. to listen to yes. that one. Yes. That is the most important thing. If you can figure out a way to handle money in a healthy way in your marriage mm-hmm. oh my god. Oh it, my it god! It will just decrease so much stress oh, yeah. and so many fights. And there really is no right or wrong. It's, but it's what you're, it's like anything in a relationship. Like you've been saying, it's like it's like the narrative you have, the story mm-hmm. that you tell, what you guys have your like un, like what was it called? Your contracts. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a con. Money's a contract. Absolutely. It's yeah. right. It's right. So like when we have this unconscious contract, we're like I think that when we get married, we'll definitely just combine our accounts well you don't necessarily know that right so right. that you have to talk to your partner about the other thing i want you to keep in mind you talked about when you and mike met the <laughs> pesto and the teeth <laughs> the, the no makeup the sweatpants right very true warts and all that's what our debt is oh a lot of us oh. have shame about sharing what our debt is if we have credit card debt if we have a lot of student loans oh. if we, you know what i mean like right. if we've made some really bad decisions which frankly we're all idiots we have so right. yeah it's okay that that's but one of the things we do because we're embarrassed because we have shame we don't share it with our partner we try to keep it hidden yep yeah and that's one of the huge financial mistakes that we can make yeah right also it just causes a lack of trust it also will cause you if you're hiding something like that you'll start overcompensating in other ways in your relationship because like you feel mm-hmm. guilty so like all of a sudden you're like more than happy to do like 
way more than 50% of the housework right. because you have this hidden thing. So you start acting out in these other ways and that's what we want to avoid. So show warts and all. That includes your debt. Okay, yeah. I had to like drag Taylor out of that, like yeah. out the closet into that conversation because mm-hmm. she, I'm lucky enough that I don't have debt, but that's a rarity. I'm not, that, I'm that's, like, yeah, I, like and I never, I mean, I really, it's, it's given me perspective to like thank my parents for that gift, you yeah, know, right. but I mean, the the majority of people have student loan debt that's yep. normal yep mm-hmm. and so you know she was like kind of ashamed of it but i told her it's nothing to be ashamed of it's just Absolutely a reality not. and also same with credit card debt right so we talk about different types of debt so like you have mortgage or student loans but also credit card debt that has a high interest rate uh-huh. yeah. get on the same page about that most of us unfortunately have credit card debt of course a lot of us make bad decisions this is why credit card companies go to college campuses and <laughs> prey on people that don't know yep. what to do with finances mm-hmm. so talk about this yes and, and i get feel on the like same not like owing each other a bunch of money would help too like because then you'll have resentment like right now i literally owe mike like thousands of dollars because we just moved and he like fronted all the costs yeah. but i think like just getting on the same page with that like i don't know just talking about everything and like resetting kind of before you get married I think that's a great idea, right? And having those conversations. I want to give a recommendation too, if you want to hear more about this. There's an amazing book called Smart Couples Finish Rich by David Bach. And he has a great website that also has free templates and free worksheets you can do with your partner. It just triggered me. <laughs> like, of course I want to finish rich. How do we yes. do it? Smart couples <laughs> finish rich, and right? And that's something I'm always like, I, I go to Mike and I'm like, will we just promise me we'll be rich one day? <laughs> We say the same Wait, thing. Wait, the same thing. I have the same conversation. I'm like, like you promise. My, my husband like, and I like, we'll walk around the house and talk about the things we're going to do when we eventually have money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we don't know in sight when, when this is happening, but in maybe a like million years. A, a miracle has to happen at this rate. Yes. So I'm like, just promise me we'll be like at least comfortable and won't have to like worry about stupid stuff. Ugh. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Selling a little... Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. I'm going to move forward to sex because I think sex okay. goes into a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Sex and money. Sex yeah, and money, right? It's true. So sex on top of money. That's now you want me to have sex. <laughs> I will have sex like that. I just get all the money and let's do the sex on top of the money. <laughs> the Wolf of Wall as Street. As long as scene I get to Margot keep Rob, it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's mine. I claimed it. My ass was on it. <laughs> so just like money, sex can be hard for us to talk about. It right. feels some some of us grew up in homes. It's a point to think about like how was sex talked about. And this, I'm, I'm going to clam up during this one. This is my trigger. Taylor hates talking about sex. I hate. You it. don't. Yeah, you I hate. hate. Like so with friends, like I do with nope. my friends all the time. No, nope. I'm like super private. I was raised super Catholic, mm-hmm. super like conservative about sex. My parents, oh, wow. according to them, and I believe them honestly at this point, they were virgins when they got married. That's probably true. Oh yeah, God. definitely true. They were married when they were like in there. Well, I know they were virgins because my dad married her when he was 21 because he wanted to get it in. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's He's weird. like, well, if I got to marry her to do it, I guess I better I mean, go. Who, who, like who gets married at 21, you know? Obviously yeah. they're virgins. virgins. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yeah. I have like religious friends. Like I know my sis- one sister's friend wasn't allowed to like move in with her oh. fiance until they got married. Oh. Which, oh, my parents made myself and my ex-husband, well, when we were engaged, we just sleep in separate bedrooms at my parents and we were living together. And they were like, not under our roof. Oh my God. And now they're like, she's a lesbian. We don't even know what to do. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> so Stop <okay>. getting pregnant. <laughs> so let me ask you this. <laughs> so, so Taylor, let me ask you this. Because sex was such a sort of like forbidden, shameful thing. Totes. Would you say possibly that's led into you feeling uncomfortable talking and having sex? <gasps> mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll yes. say that we have a direct correlation. So Nicole, direct. what, did you get the talk growing up? No, I, I, we have it like on home video. Like I'm asking my mom <laughs> about, <laughs> I'm pretty sure like we, we have it in a, I've seen it. I'm asking my mom about like where babies come from. And she's like, "Mm, honey, like they're in the front seat of the car. And my mom's like, honey, the stork drops the baby off on the front stoop. Like, so I don't know. They just said stupid answers like that. I didn't really have the talk. I think one day my mom just kind of like took me to the gyno and the the gynecologist asked me in the room, are you sexually active? And I was like 16. And... (laughs) And I looked at my mom. Yeah, I looked at my mom. I looked back at the woman. And I was just like, "Yeah, oh my and god!" I, 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 I still pretend to my mom that I'm like asexual. Yeah, no, and my mom was okay with it. She was just like, "Get on birth control, so you don't get knocked up." 
I told my mom so I wait, wanted to get birth so, control. My mom said, no, because you are not sexually active, right? And I was like, yes, no, no of course not. And then I went to Planned Parenthood by And myself. then you used the cramps, period, cramps ex- yeah. excuse. Wait, right, like, right, right, just my cramps. Wait, so Nicole, so there's, so, but you got this really strong message from your family as long as you don't get pregnant out of wedlock. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Yep. So this is what I want. Anyone listening, I want you <laughs> and your partner to both tell each other what your experience was with sex growing up. What did you, how did you learn? For a lot of us, it's on the school bus. It's mm-hmm. from our older cousins. It's different today for our children. If anyone listening is going to have children, they're going to be able to Google shit. Oh, yeah. Right. We didn't have any fucking That's Google. So I had American Girl Dolls, The Care and Keeping of You. <laughs> did anyone else have that book? It like shows you how to put a tampon in. Yep. <laughs> That's like what oh my, my mom gave me. <laughs> Yeah, like an American Girl doll book. So it's really different now. So I want you to really understand how, what model was I given about what's okay, okay sexually? Okay. Am I comfortable with it? What is sex like for me? And what has my experience been? For any of us who are trauma survivors or have been sexually shamed in the past, mm-hmm. it can affect us. Mm-hmm. So think about what that's going to look like. Okay. I also want to talk about something else. I, this is so hard because I do this in seven weeks. So usually I can talk about sex forever. Yeah. So I want to go through a really quick model. Okay. Um, so I really want to talk about, we talked about this the first time I was here. We did the initial podcast that I was in. We talked about the pleasure focused model. Okay. When we Remind about, me. Okay. When we think about having sex, we get obsessed with having an orgasm or completion. We, right. a lot Very of this, true. we learn this because of the bases, home base. So we thought that you only won if you scored. Wow. And for that, that meant an orgasm. A lot of us don't have orgasms during sex. A Uh lot of us have orgasms during foreplay or using a vibrator afterwards Mm -hmm. or don't have sex through penetration at all Mm -hmm. or don't have orgasms through penetration at all, right? Now, it's important to remember that anyone in uh, gay relationships has way better sex than anyone heterosexual. That's true. That's what I've heard. I can attest to that. Yes. like, I, I talk to way, like friends who way better sex are lesbians and they're like, it's so much better than with a guy. It's so <laughs> much better. I feel but like girls also, understand what each other like needs. So it also be. one of the mm-hmm. reasons is there's more safety. Totally. Women advocate oh. for what they're looking for in a different way than often with men. You know, I used to think when I was straight, whatever you want to say, I don't know even how to, how to say it, but <laughs> I used to feel like sex was for the guy. Like yep. literally, I felt like I was there's just a, a vessel for, for him, him to get off and I was like just doing it because it's like what he needed to fulfill his needs and like not like straight. Mm-hmm. And that's how I looked at sex. I never looked at it as something for me as well. And when I was with t- finally with Taylor, she taught me that that's not the case. And I was like, I used to think that people that like sex were like stupid, like like yeah. IQs were low. Yeah. And now I realize I just like didn't get it. Like, I feel like with guys, you have to like make sure they know it's a priority to pleasure you and like go, go that extra mile. Societally, they're allowed to be more selfish sexually. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. it's a totally normal. I think we teach young girls, oh, the beginning is going to hurt, but it'll be fine. He'll be done soon. You have no idea how many women I've worked with. Is that's part of the talk that they got. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So here's the difference. We also make it normal for men to masturbate and not for women. I don't so know how to true. masturbate. Okay. <laughs> Right. Oh, I, I can't do it. I've tried four times. It doesn't. I can't. Well, you tried four times. Jesus. Taylor, if you tried <laughs> anything just four times, it wouldn't work. No, I brushed my teeth so four hard. times. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you had grown up in a situation where it was normal for right. someone to experiment with their body to pleasure mm-hmm. themselves, that's the thing is that's one of the reasons why men are often able to advocate for themselves sexually. They know what their bodies want. Get to know your body, women. Okay. Yeah. I know that that is really tough, Taylor. I know that's tough. Find different toys. Find them. Sorry, don't do it with your partner at first. I have one from Amazon. I'll send you a link. (laughs) Yeah. Can I get a new one? The best thing that you want is the magic wand. 
Okay, it's really? All, it looks just like a back massager. It's a really great introduction vibrator. Okay. Do you... Pff, intro. Where do you put it? <laughs> so for most women, they put it on, on your forehead. I'm a lesbian, by the way. Yeah, so right? for, for most women, they use... For most women, it's easier to start on the clitoris. Okay. It can be overly sensitive, so there's multiple settings on the wand. Okay. And so you just start by exploring your clitoris. Do you know where that is? Do you know what it looks like? <laughs> find it, probably. Well, you know we'll what? draw a chart so after this. So sometimes before we start masturbating, we start with a mirror and no. just learning oh, i can't <laughs> no <Mm-mm. laughs> when i was giving birth they I'm brought a mirror this. out when i was giving birth they brought a mirror out and i was like you can just take that look there's your head i was like that's fine that's not necessary thank you you can just send that over to a nice lady's yeah. room or um, you can you you can get your tailor in and have her help you you know but that might be too vulnerable <laughs> have you ever heard oh, me so quiet <laughs> I know I've never heard you not answer this is my one area that I get like so and I worked for Cosmo magazine radio for a decade we're gonna go their worst nightmare I want to do an entire <laughs> hour yeah on just you and sex and we're bringing Taylor in just so you know oh my dear we won't God. do it on air we'll do it just with us okay. I'll give you a free session okay. okay so I want you to really think about um um having a conversation finding what a com- uh to Communicate with your partner verbally or non-verbally. Um, I've heard of people before having a sex candle in their room, mm-hmm. which is oh. when the candle is lit, it means that I'm available for play. Okay. And if I blow it out, it means I'm not. Oh, if I, I love that. If I walk past it and get to bed with you, it means we're both in. <laughs> for some people, the idea of saying, hey, would you like to have sex tonight feels too much. Yeah. We yeah. grew up in a really conservative home or a sexually shaming environment. The idea of saying those words can feel overwhelming the worst is if you like schedule it you're like oh no but we will saturday it's like okay now we're not going to be that couple that schedules but if you are there's nothing wrong with it if that's (laughs) what works for you hey we have very busy lives so that's what works but you're right there's something about having that conversation it feels like it should be more organic so Mm -hmm. if it works to have a sex candle in your house that we light when you're in the mood it makes it that we don't have to feel like I'm saying no. I like Be- the sex candle, actually. Because yeah. I feel like Taylor thinks that I'm never available. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm not going to initiate. So then right. and also it light can, that you, candle. And light if you're the candle. partner who um, is the non-initiator and often says no, it can also feel just as bad to say no than it does to hear no. I know. No, it's I know really it guilty. is. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It sucks. It's a really hard thing. Especially if you're going through stuff. And also, important to keep in mind, how am I keeping my bedroom? Is my bedroom oh. clean? No, it's mess. a fucking mess. Not, well, not what? a romantic not setting. Guess what's not sexually inviting? Dirty clothes. Yeah. So is my <laughs> is my room clean? Do I feel comfortable in my room? What feels right? Do I need, you know, pornography or music to put me in the... There's nothing wrong. Think about my senses, right? Yeah. What helped Mike and I at one point, we were like hitting a little bit of a rut, really mm-hmm. busy. We had just both started new jobs. This was like a year ago. And I was like, we do, we need to just like go on a vacation, like go somewhere. And literally we, and we like never travel. So, but we went to Mexico. I was laughing and I was like, this is sex trip 2020 or whatever, 2019, whatever year it was. And um, that helped because we were in a different setting. We yeah. weren't in our like boring, stressful apartment. There's more time to on a vacation to like give attention to each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, what do we think about weeknight sex? Can we talk about that for a second? Because that's a lot of our lives. And I school feel like it's sex. a school night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah school night like, sex. I'm like, I'm like, on a school, school night. night. Yeah. Hey, listen. And this is the importance of the conversation. If you say to your partner, you want to know what for the, for, I won't ever 
say 100% no, but the majority of the time it doesn't work for me to initiate. There's also some people that nighttime is just not a sexually pleasing time for them because they're too exhausted. Uh Then some people find that morning sex or afternoon sex, they can really be more present and have more pleasure. We, when we first got together, I was on a morning radio schedule and she was on a night schedule so she didn't have to go to work until like three. So we wouldn't have a lot of sex like after I was done with work and went before she went to work and it was great. And that worked better for you guys. And now she works to like six o'clock at night and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm exhausted by the time she gets home. I'm cooking dinner or whatever, still working. But so in the morning, I mean on the weekends. No no time in the morning because I wake up too early for my show. On the weekends? Weekends is when we do it. Yep. Right. So so does that mean in the weekends? It's always during the morning. Always. So so in the weekends, do I leave enough time? So for me, if I know that the time that my we have pleasure in my Mm -hmm. relationship is in the mornings on the weekends, no scheduling anything before eleven o'clock. Yeah. I love that. So it leaves time for intimacy to happen. Exactly. If I always schedule, it's a setup for failure. Don't put your relationship in a setup. How and you want some of it to be like spontaneous. Like, yeah, I, I feel like when you're really, really tired and busy and you just want to lay in bed and put on friends and fall asleep. Sex is like the kind of thing. It's like it's like working out. You don't totally wanna, <laughs> you don't want to. Oh, God, that's fun. But it's true. I'm like, sex is like working out. No, but like you don't want to start it. But once you do, Feels it's good. really good. Why, and don't, we, why don't I go to the gym more? <laughs> right. It is. But it's true. Right. It is really true. And so there is an amazing book called um, Come As You Are by Emily Nagowski. She's an amazing sexology researcher. And one of the things that she talks about is arousal precedes desire. Sometimes I don't have desire, but once I start having arousal, all of a sudden I do. Oh, I so if I'm trying to get myself into an aroused state, do I take a shower? Do I start masturbating individually beforehand? Do I think about role playing in my head? How do I start to create situations that <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> I wish that this was taped so everyone could see Taylor's face. Everyone thinks Very of Taylor. Everyone thinks of you as this tough ass broad, <laughs> and you are like shivering in your boots. She's she like quivering. looks like a chihuahua. Right She's now. red, and <laughs> everyone red. thinks you're a bulldog. I know, I know. We need to and this is why everyone should be nicer to her. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So I want you all to think about that. So think about arousal, um, arousal, precise desire, pleasure, focus, advocate for yourself. If you do not know how to communicate with your partner, you don't always have to do it okay. with verbal communications. Move their hand. Okay. Yeah. Question. Is there like a certain amount of time a week that people should be doing this? I know you're going to say no, but is you there know a- I'm going to say no. Do you want to know the average? Yeah. yeah. What's the average? Apparently, I don't know who the fuck voted for this, but when we look statistics and keep in mind the sample size of this, you know, not everyone answered this poll. And people lie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. People say 66 times a year. So that is basically a- once a week in holidays and birthdays and anniversaries, mm-hmm. if you do the math. Okay. I want to I want to do more though. That's great. Okay, so put that goal. <laughs> you s- said I wanted the never with tip for not getting divorced or even flirting. Do people still like yeah, do any making out and dry humping? Yes, yeah, that? that's, that's why I'm saying do you ever do like third base first before like yeah. listen and this is the important no I love doesn't mean I didn't count exactly so get off of the goal oriented model and go towards pleasure focus if dry humping is the thing that really really wits my willy (laughs) then dry hump your little hearts out (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna be my new motto 
dry hump your heart. So that's my Instagram bio from now on. <laughs> uh, yeah. So think about that pleasure focus. We don't have it. And penetrative sex isn't everyone's number one thing. Listen, True. women, I cannot express to you the points. If it only works with a vibrator, include a vibrator in your relationship. Right. Just because your partner used a vibrator in you, if your if your partner built a house with a hammer, you wouldn't say the hammer built the house. You'd say that my my partner built held the hammer. Held the hammer. Yeah. So you can use a vibrator any type of tool the same way in your sex And honestly, life. guys, you, like, just get involved. Like, yes. I mean, it's going to make their job so much easier. Do you recommend we try, like, very weird stuff? Like, in Modern Family, where the, Phil and Claire, like, role play and show up at a hotel? Like, or is that just the movies? Like, do you recommend Nicole, we I dress up? I love that you think role playing is very weird. <laughs> oh, like, no, that's no, no. how Vanilla Nicole <laughs> Nicole is like, no, like she's showing like the up kinkiest a- thing I can think of role playing. No, I swear. I'm like, yeah, people shoot on each other's chairs. We're so fun. <laughs> no, I just think Nicole wants to go to no, a no, hotel. No. FYI, yeah. I so think Mike, she's gonna need for travel. Really yes. what she wants is to be role playing in a hotel. Like, um, no, we isn't. We role think played. T- like, like you know, listen, there's the tons teacher. of ways. Yeah, there's tons of ways to spice up your relationship. Role play is a great one. Starting I out with swear. light kink of just some spanking. Yeah, I got some new handcuffs. Exactly. Me. Right there, go. So all all of these things are great to experiment, and okay. I would have these conversations. One of the thing is, um, you I'm can do what's called a pleasure wheel, where basically imagine a pizza with no toppings, and then I want oh, you okay. to write in what feels sexy and arousing for you on each slice. So maybe your slices are taking a shower together, um, uh, uh, reverse cowgirl, uh, oral sex, using a vibrator, mm-hmm. right? And then you can you and your partner can make one together of things that are on the table okay oh, i love that right my it's a great best friend has like a foot fetish great and what does he want people to do with their feet he like my friend hooked up with him once <laughs> he like licks feet and like sucks on toes that's not on the pizza for me <laughs> but well, okay but nicole can i just say something have yeah. you tried no but i might like mike here's the thing me listen taylor when you actually let yourself be with a woman yes wasn't it pretty good it was fantastic, but I was so fucking scared. You're so fucking scared. Here's the thing. A lot of us don't try Haven't stuff tried. because it overwhelms us. So don't necessarily keep everything off the table. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, anal sex isn't tonight. as bad as you think it's going to be. So it's important. <laughs> For somebody who's so scared of talking about sex, I will say, like, if, if I was, was given a drug right now where I had to tell the truth about things, <laughs> you would be shooketh. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Oh, like you, Taylor's oh. kinky. I don't know about that, but like I definitely <laughs> have tried things that I would have said never to. And, and I'm all that. Okay, but so here's the thing. And here's the great part about being in a healthy marriage with a good sex life is once I consent once, it doesn't mean I always consent. So just because I say yes to some toe licking one time, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that's an You want added, that every time. Exactly. See, Michael think I want things every time. I'm gonna like, so no, we did that one. Everything. <laughs> so you can think about everything as a trial. I want to try this together. And then you want to know what? I think it's off the board for me. That's the great thing about yeah. conv- consent is it's every action, every time. I okay. Love that. Every action, every time. We could okay. just do an entire episode about sex. Like literally. Yeah. Okay. I love this. It's so important. Well, it we, really is. We have to hit boundaries, though, I think, because this comes up. I know we did another episode about boundaries with in-laws. Yep. But let's talk about it a little bit more because we'll talk about okay. it in terms of a we time and boundarying off time together because that leads to intimacy, emotional and physical. Mm-hmm. So, Nicole, how do you and Mike set boundaries in your relationship? Like for each, uh, like in whatever what that means to you guys. Okay, okay. Um, 
I think we definitely like we're very he's very good like I've had friends just to compare again that like have very controlling fiancés that are like we must hang out anytime you're going out it must be with me at night like Mike and I are not like that at all. Like, I will literally go hang out with my girlfriends for the whole entire weekend while he'll either hang out with his guy friends or, like, cook at home. I don't <laughs> But, um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we definitely have good boundaries like that, and we talk about it. Or if there's ever a time where, like, one of us feels like we're not seeing each other enough, we'll, I feel like we'll talk about it and we'll be like, hey, we need to spend some quality time. But, like, yeah, I know, I think we or decent at setting boundaries okay that's amazing but probably i'm probably just like blanking and not thinking like different areas of our lives taylor used to be very bad at setting boundaries with her friends and family and i it was i i'm five years older than her and i was like i'm not gonna do this again i mean again Mm -hmm. her family's wonderful but that just because they're wonderful it doesn't mean that we still don't need our private time to set boundaries okay and so but also friends her friends too like she was not really good she was she was always everybody's kind of like filler friend or like you know like she like was filling boyfriend or filling girlfriend for everybody and so that was a there was a lot of growth in our relationship with that so now that now that you're bringing that up there was right after college when we graduated we both lived outside of dc with like all our college friends like i lived with girls he lived with guys and there was a point where he would just like be hanging out he lived in a house of like seven ex-frat boys and they would all just be like hanging out He'd be like, come over and hang. And it was like me sitting in the living room with all of them like every night. And I was like, I had to set boundaries then. I was like, this isn't us hanging out. This is me just like watching you and your friends like smoke weed and watch TV. Exactly. So, yeah, we had to set boundaries. Like I'll have I had to both of us kind of have to be like get away from your friends. We're both like very, you know, very social, have a lot of friends. Um, And then, yeah, with in-laws, we're pretty good about being like, you know, tell your family to chill. And mm-hmm. Okay, let me ask you this. So here's one. I'm going to ask like a few things that people don't typically think about to mm-hmm. think about when you're okay. setting boundaries. When you guys have a house, do you guys plan on buying a house one day maybe? Yeah. You have kids, you know, <laughs> right? Uh, a long time. It's okay. Will your, um, will your families have keys to that house? Oh, and, good question. Oh my and what's gosh. the rule of visitation? Oh, well, they have keys. I mean, they both live far. So you know what? Probably. We're lucky. I don't think they'll abuse it if they did. You'd be surprised. You don't think. But have you talked about it? True. (laughs) True. So keys. Who has keys to our house? Who is allowed over before the hours of eight and after the hours Mm -hmm. of eight? Mm -hmm. You need to ask this question in your relationship. It seems super silly. But I am telling you, this shit matters. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Right? So who has keys? Who's welcome over? What's our visitation policy? Can people just show up? Right? Nope. I'm going to say <laughs> they would have keys if they're planning to like use it to add value. Like if they want to mm. come drop off like a casserole for dinner one night and then like, <laughs> <laughs> they can have a key. <laughs> but or if like we have kids. And but you just said one night. 
but you've just given them a key. True. Yeah, but that's the thing too. It's like how long, like how long is too long with families? I love my family. Tay loves her family, but we're like, we were going to do Christmas at our place. It fell through, but we were like, so what are we going to tell them is the cutoff day because they could potentially Mm -hmm. stay for the whole entire break and I love them, but we need our alone time. Absolutely. And, And that's totally normal. And here's the thing. We all get so worried about hurting people and offending them, but these are just normal things. If we take the pressure off around them and have casual conversations, they're not these big scary beasts anymore Mm -mm. so have these conversations right the same thing how about work boundaries is it allowed in your relationship for us to take work calls after seven o'clock yeah emails yes our rules like work is like like whatever it takes yeah that's how so what if you're in a huge fight and your partner answers a work call we pause the fight yeah wow okay so that's and here's the thing work is number one nothing wrong Mm -hmm. with that that is the contract they have made in their relationship Mm -hmm. as long as you talk about it it's allowed there is no right and wrong in marriages Mm -hmm. is about what works for you yep yep it's at least you're on the same page that's kind of how we are too like i we're both very understand like we'll be out to dinner on a friday night and Mm -hmm. especially when mike was working at an agency he'd have like client emails coming in and he would be like he'd be very apologetic and he'd be like I'm so sorry I have to be on my phone right and I'm like no that's fine because if I do too have a work thing come up you don't want to feel I'm gonna guilt. take it yeah. too yeah we so, work on the weekends it's kind of like yeah social media right now in our careers this is where we are we hope it's not forever mm-hmm. but right. For right now but it can get dangerous because then I'll just be like oh work's consuming our lives and then well especially our work requires a lot of travel yep so that's how the rule started because I used to get psycho when she would travel mm-hmm. and like cry and be a total freak and um I had to start just teach myself like it's work like she has to do this like you know she mm-hmm. can't fly back a day early so I just had to learn to suck it up with work and then my job started to get more you know crazy and more traveling so mm-hmm. then I started to benefit from it but yeah. she did backslide one time and I was like see how it feels <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. but like I said before the cool thing about relationships is you can renegotiate at any time right so if that's where you're at in your career that's a great place to be think about it if we have kids involved one day do we want to switch that it's got to change right we can't have kids until we can change that if something changes because they have to be number one and then work and then but then i don't want to like if works if kids are number one work is number two then what our relation our love is uh, number three that was my next question you said kids are number one can we be number one i feel like can we See, this is where Mike and I are going to, and his dad actually, I think is like a psychic and will once in a while, like give us tips and be like, you guys, when you have kids change a relationship, make sure you, he said once, don't make sure you don't fall out of love when you have kids one day. I forget what, how that came up, but, um, that's something I could see Mike and I, cause we're just like, I could just see us being obsessed with our kids. I'm really scared that I'm going to feel excluded from my family. Like I'm, I feel like Taylor's going to be so much more connected to the kids cause she's going to carry mm-hmm. and I'm not. Oh. And so I feel like that automatically. And actually I'm it, like, it, it's, pretty much looking like we're gonna have one right now and it's it's gonna be hers biologically mm-hmm. she carries hers oh, wow. biologically so I'm really scared that I'm gonna feel like like left out yeah which is such a fucked up thing to say but like but that she's gonna love fear. the baby more than me like I yeah. feel like I feel yeah. like I understand men more than I've ever understood men like I, yeah. I, I get my dad I was gonna mm-hmm. say you're gonna be like the fun dad almost the pissed off dad that's <laughs> you just told my girlfriends <laughs> yeah <laughs> so here's what I want you to think about who I actually want to come first is you each of you you need to come first oh, that. for your partner. Oh. Sorry to be all therapist on you. So myself first. You're first. One. Didn't because, even occur to me. <laughs> right? I didn't so even. everyone before thought kids, relationship, couple. 
You individually, you come first no matter what. That might sound <sighs> fucked up. I don't give a shit. It's healthier. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it's it. It's better for your children. Now, yeah. if you think about Taylor, because mm-hmm. you're going to deal with something very unique, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Which is what's my relationship with this baby going to be? And what's my relationship with my partner going to be? Yeah. Now... Have you thought about it? You talked about the legal. You open this up, so just so you know, you really I know. fucked yourself here. I know. Uh, legally, will you be a parent to this child? I will definitely adopt our child, Wait. which is the most crazy sentence to have it's to say, but that's so the way insane. it works. That's how oh, you have to adopt. You have to you adopt with the child because it's not biologically yours. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. So, unfortunately, that's how our law is set up, right? Mm-hmm. When you do that, I would really, really suggest you do a type of bonding ceremony with your child. Whatever yeah. that's going to look like. What yeah. Just the our, two of you. Just yeah. the two of you. What is our relationship going to look like together? And what's going to trans? What's going to transition between us? I'm someone who has a child. I am telling you, marriage is hard work as it is. Add a fucking kid in. Forget <laughs> it. Oh, God. You're I'm like, terrified. oh, look at all this shit. But I want you to keep in mind, if you add something in, everything else has to change. Once it changes, it changes. Mm-hmm. So you keep negotiating. You keep co- talking about it. The coolest thing, honestly, is watching your partner love something as much as you love it. Oh, yeah. That's I feel like that. Take away your heart just gets bigger. I swear. Ooh. I saw like, it was like J- Mila Kunis and who she married to? Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. They were talking on something, again, comparing to the movies and celebrities. <laughs> but they were saying like it you love your partner in a whole different way when you see the way they care for and love a child you do yeah so and I feel but I feel like that is important like each parent has to make sure obviously like you have a good family relationship with you your partner your child all together but also like have a really good relationship just one-on-one with your child so Taylor if I were you I'm turning into the therapist (laughs) um if I were you sorry Betches Nicole is a new job (laughs) new career path yes if I were you I would um I would make it a point to like as you guys are raising your child like you steal it away and have your little own get-togethers my secret hope is like Taylor is a disciplinarian because when she was nannying, I saw her with the little boy she nannied with, and she's um, tough as shit. So, you'll so be the I'm fun gonna one. be like the fun one. Yeah, and she's right? gonna be like the one disciplining. Yeah, and I, and I and I don't think she I, she was like the coach of her lacrosse team. She likes to like yell at people and you know <laughs> be the boss. So it'll be good, mm-hmm. right? So, but you just keep renegotiating, and if the roles that you've fallen into doesn't work, you switch them. Yeah, you change, you communicate. If you set up the really solid structure and the mm-hmm. ground pavement what the fuck is work. that saying you know the yes the groundwork gosh you're good you helped me with uh, a lot of work today so <laughs> you really set up the great groundwork this stuff isn't going to be as scary and overwhelming it's so true yeah. and it that really is marriages can work if you work them that communication mm-hmm. is everything and if yeah. both parties come to play i, I feel love like the, the, it will work yeah and i love the concept of like renegotiating like Mm -hmm. you can change any time like once a year have that I might actually be psycho and draft up a real contract I think there's nothing wrong with that just you know people that are in polyamorous relationships and open up often have written contracts and their relationships tend to be way happier do they get a lawyer involved no, no. typically just get a therapist they show up in my office and we go through <laughs> together i'm cheaper than a lawyer uh, yeah, but you know right. why that works probably and i thought about this a lot in like being in a same-sex relationship because you're choosing something outside not choosing i'm not supposed to say this as a part of the great gay community but you are in, you are you are 
like if you're out of the closet, you're 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 claiming to society, I'm doing something outside of societal norms, and right. this is what makes me happy. And you kind of put yourself first mm-hmm. before everything else, and your happiness first. And it kind of just like is like um, Pandora's box to just like more and more happiness because you start you like right. you teach yourself to choose for you and not for what other people expect of you. Yep. So that's powerful. Okay, so we talked about so much stuff between these two parts, right? So we talked about your family of origin. Uh, we talked about sex. We talked about budgings. We talked about expectations, um, uh, boundaries. I want you to also think about the future. Hmm. Okay. I know we talked about this before about your vision, okay. but there are certain things that are really hard conversations we don't like to think about. I want you to tell your partner what happens when you die. What do you want to happen to your body? Oh, that seems fucked up and morbid but it starts conversations yeah it's important to know you're someone who's lost someone in their life you've Mm -hmm. seen um how difficult right a chronic illness can be definitely i want you to have those real conversations with your partner because then you feel like we're on the same team we're on the same side together that seems totally morbid i know but it's real and life is real and nicole i know you love those movies so much (laughs) and if i could transport you into the notebook i would i swear i'm a bird but it isn't real right as you're someone who knows life is hard (laughs) yeah and sad and difficult and there's trauma associated with it Mm So talk those things out now. Prepare for that with your partner. Yeah. That's what makes a partnership. That's what lasts. And the thing is, like, after dealing with that trauma, like, Mike knew my mom, was close with her as well. I was super close with her. After, like, he, like, had to go through that with me. And I, I'm still, I'll openly say it, like, I'm not the same person mm-hmm. since that happened. I'm still, like, if you ask any of my friends or coworkers, like, I'm a happy person, but, like, Mike's had to deal with a whole different Nicole at home, yeah. like almost my at-home therapist. He's so he's a saint, but like I don't. It, it's made us stronger as a couple. Just yeah. knowing like he's been there, he's hasn't complained. He's been a positive force. Like it's truly made us like. I think that was like a te- an un- very awful, fucking unfortunate test. But like it really, uh, if we can make it through that together, then we can make it through the future. I love that. <laughs> there we go. Let me ask you a real quick question mm-hmm. for anybody listening that wants to like apply all these things that we've yep. just gone through. So that last step, like how does that conversation go? I think the conversation goes just like, hey, like we're, our plan is to be together forever. Let's actually talk about what forever looks like. Do we want to be in retirement homes? Do we want uh, like, and that's another thing to keep in mind about like family of origin. Do we want, if we have a sick parent, will they live with us? Right. Mm-hmm. If we have a sibling going through addiction that can't afford things, will we give them money? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are all real things. Okay. They're hard things to talk about, but it's something we have to know about in life. Okay. Yeah. It's the same thing. If you have siblings, have you talked with your siblings like, is it going to be, you have no idea how many families I've worked with that there's so much emotional cutoff after the death of a parent because mm-hmm. there's fighting over the estate. Yeah. This yep. is the importance of having wills. This is the importance of having these conversations beforehand. So when we're going through an incredibly difficult and emotionally reactive time, we don't just fucking lose it on each other. Yeah. Right. So important. So it's saying what would the future look like when we are old and gray and wrinkled will not meet because of the Botox. But um, <laughs> all, of these, <laughs> all of these things, how do we want life to look like? Because we won't mm-hmm. always be healthy and we won't always be happy. So let's get a plan now. 
Okay, I love it. Now it's time for Bride Into My DMs, presented by Brideside, a better way to shop for bridesmaids' dresses and bridal gowns. So visit brideside.com where you can sign up for a free stylist or book a showroom appointment if you're in New York, Chicago, Charlotte, or Boston. Okay, we have a little bit of time for some audience questions. I feel like these girls deserve your expertise, Emily. So um, how do you deal with big fights before the wedding? They're so hard and they're so often. You handle them like big fights that you would not during a wedding. You try to meet your partner with curiosity and not anger. You try to hold on to yourself and take personal accountability. Fight fair. Do not make personal personal attacks. And you try to get out of the environment. If you can't stop fighting your apartment, leave your apartment. Mm-hmm. Make a shift. Make a change. You have more power and control than you think. Uh, this is kind of a similar question, but wedding planning is driving me and my fiance apart. How do we separate planning from our relationship? So I would actually do that. I would separate it. I would put a time frame that it's talked about and the rest of the time it can't be discussed. Your wedding cannot be every conversation. We talked about this in another episode with in-laws. Make a relationship besides. You need to have date nights so there's no wedding talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what is your number one tip for brides who are at the point where they feel way too overwhelmed by everything? Step back. <laughs> what can you actually take off? You don't have to do everything. Mm-hmm. I know it seems like it and it's really hard, especially if you're on social media and you looked at these beautiful weddings and you get on Pinterest. Oh my God, the worst thing my coordinator did was like, make a Pinterest page. I was like, I want to die now. <laughs> so, you know, take a step back and be very realistic. What can you take off your plate? We can only handle so much because you're not just getting married. You're a partner. You're a person. You work. This is a lot to do yeah so take a step back take things off your plate ask for help and this one's really important are pre-wedding jitters slash cold feet normal before weddings they are i want you to ask yourself if you're someone who's dealing with cold feet or pre-wedding jitters do you also get anxious about almost all big commitments Mm -hmm. do you also get that feeling if you get a new lease if you start a new job some of us are just more anxious people it's okay to be scared it's okay to have doubts a marriage is a massive commitment and i'm actually super happy you're going into it taking it so seriously too many people enter into a marriage thinking fuck it i'll just get divorced so if you're a little bit scared and overwhelmed good job you probably should feel that way okay and it's normal all of us feel pretty scared when we make huge life transitions Take it easy, reconnect with your partner, step it back. You're going to be okay, girl. Okay. And throughout all of this too, I literally, last night was the first time I've got, I've actually gotten like super stressed about wedding planning because I'm a procrastinator in that area. Um, I, I, for a second, I got stressed and then I was like, wait a minute, this is supposed to be like a fun time in our lives. Like even though wedding planning sucks, like it's still supposed to be fun and like, I don't know, just planning a fun day. And when you I, th- I feel like when you take a step back and you're like, well, who am I planning for? Is it for Mike and I's wedding or is it so that my friends think like my flower arrangements look cool? Exactly. That's when. And so, but it's hard to remember that always. But yeah. So just listen to this podcast when you forget. Exactly. Girl, we are here for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will not be helping you with sex, but you know, that's Emily's job. <laughs> Watch Pets after this. Bribes. Taylor becomes like a crazy like sex es- well, Taylor, expert. I wonder if you got an additional certification in sex therapy if it wouldn't be so scary. That's a good point. We'll take some classes together. You can come to my next continuing ed event. Okay. Oh, in. I'm, I'm, I'm right. in. <laughs> Just to see me squirm. I, I can't be vanilla. And I... <laughs> 
Hi, so I'm Nicole Vanilla. Vanilla girl. No, Nicole's I'm going to consider looking at a foot tonight. Yes. <laughs> you guys, that is it for us today. Nicole, thank you for sharing your relationship yeah, Nicole, with us. Oh, you're of course. amazing. Mike's Thanks, Mike. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much, Mike. Um, and also, Emily, you're just the best. You're our resident therapist. You're amazing. She's a licensed marriage and family, family therapist. And uh, you have a therapy group. It's called Westchester Therapy Group in Westchester, Westchester, Pennsylvania. And uh, your Instagram is at WC Therapy Group. Yes. And you could also check us out on Shrink Chicks. Ooh. Yes. Once a week. Podcast. podcast. Yep. All relationship questions. Not as much bridal, but you'll still get some cool content. And if you want to stock Nicole's wedding planning, follow her <laughs> at Nicole Pellegrino, but the O is a zero. Yes. Wow. Good job. I know. Look at that. You guys, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back next week with another fantastic podcast. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Betches Brides. Bye, girl. Betches.